Hey, Shakers, and welcome to Worth Your Salt, the podcast that shakes up your marketing game in the health and wellness industry. Worth Your Salt is brought to you by Salt Marketing. Salt Marketing helps health and wellness practitioners build trust and authority to attract a steady stream of inbound wellness seekers. For more information, you can visit us online at saltmarketing.co. I'm Jennifer Oroqua, Story Brand Certified Guide and Marketing Strategist with Salt Marketing, and your host for today's episode of Worth Your Salt. My guest today is the founder and president of eReleases, a company that makes press release distribution accessible and cost-effective for every business. He's built and perfected his personal service and exceptional value over the last two and a half decades to help small businesses, startups, and authors get website traffic and better quality customers through coverage in the media. Mickey Kennedy is a PR expert, press release ninja, and a media relations networker, and he's here today to share his secrets on how you can increase your visibility and credibility with press releases. Mickey, I think every health and wellness business owner thinks at one time or another how great it would be to enjoy some earned media coverage, but who knew we could actually make that happen for ourselves? I'm really looking forward to talking with you to find out how. Oh, same here. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey and what inspired you to create ereleases.com? I mean, it's, it's, it's a novel concept and I'd love to hear about it. Sure. So about 26, 27 years ago, I was finishing up a uh, master's of fine arts and creative writing uh, with the emphasis in poetry. And my career plan was to wait tables and write poetry in the <laughs> evenings. And uh, I did that for a summer after graduating. And I realized that uh, my ankles and knees and <laughs> back just couldn't handle being on concrete 12, 14 hour day shifts. And I just felt like exhausted at the end of the day. I was never reading. I wasn't writing. So I was like, I need a safe office job. And so I got hired at a telecom research startup as employee number three. And because I had writing on my resume, they said, hey, figure out press releases for us and send them out to the media. And so in addition to all the many other things you do at a startup, I was also in charge of uh, writing releases. And I got really good at looking at some weird anomalies in our data that we would collect and be able to flesh out stories and share them to the media. And we were getting picked up like in The Economist, Financial Times, Washington Post, mm -hmm. uh, Wall Street Journal, all, all the major publications uh, globally. And I just said to myself, why aren't other people doing this? This is just a huge opportunity. Brings an influx of customers, makes the people that you already, you know, already are customers to feel, um, you know, just more goodwill and and uh, more likely to use you. And that just sort of stuck with me. Mm -hmm. And uh, the bigger thing that happened at that time is we were faxing and it was like mm -hmm. a two day ordeal faxing like 150 to 200 journalists. <laughs> yeah. And. I started to get journalists calling and saying, could you just email me this? Uh, you know, it's either easier to copy and paste from a Word doc, all mm -hmm. this data that you have. And so I, I just said email is such a natural evolution at the time, mm -hmm. 27 years ago. And so I, I just started reaching out to journalists and asking them if I could just uh, email them releases. And uh, they, they all said yes at the time. So I launched, it was uh, 25 years ago this month with about 10,000 journalists in my database. And I was just a matchmaker. Mm -hmm. A client would come to me and I would send them to the journalists that were mostly aligned with what their uh, product or service was about. And over the years, PR Newswire reached out to us and said, hey, you should also include us in the distribution. Mm -hmm. And I pointed out, hey, you charge $1,500 to move a release nationally. And my customers are spending a couple hundred dollars at the time. Mm -hmm. And so they didn't run away. Uh, they, they kept wanting to work. They, they liked that we were small businesses and entrepreneurs and not lar large companies. And I met their editorial team and found out that they have editorial overnight. 
just for breaking news or recalls or getting news out to Asia, but they don't do much. They're just idle for hours. And I was like, how about if we set up our releases by default for next business day? And that way it wouldn't cost you additional labor setting up our releases. And so we, we sort of crafted it to be a win-win between the two sides. And um, now you don't have to pay anything close to $1,500 mm-hmm. to get a national release on PR Newswire through e-releases. Very nice. Well, and congratulations on 25 years. That's that's really that's really a great um, milestone to have reached. Oh, thank you. So over that over those two and a half decades, what are some common misconceptions you've heard about press releases? Like what do we need to dispel before we even get into this topic? <laughs> well, 25 years ago, I heard press releases are antiquated and they don't work. I still hear that today. And, you know, despite that, I have lots of media successes uh, with many of my clients and, you know, doing 10 to 14,000 releases a year, I get to see all types of releases. And so I see patterns of releases that generally do get media pickup and those that don't. And so that's very useful. And I turn that into education where I try to, you know, make my customers aware of, of these releases that are more likely to get pick up and uh, avoid the ones that don't. Yeah, that's and that's great insight. So many, many health and wellness practitioners might be new to the world of press releases. So how can a press release help build authority in this competitive marketplace? Well, I think that anytime you get earned media, it is like social proof uh, or third party corroboration. A journalist wrote about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they took your press release and they, they wrote an article about you. So being singled out like that really is a, a huge credibility boost. And you can get customers from their audience, uh, people who read the article, you know, then, you know, either click on a link or open a window and do a search for you and and do business with you. Mm-hmm. What we find is those customers are much more likely to do business with you and convert much higher than any landing page that you create for uh, pay-per-click traffic or anything along those lines. And, you know, it's because when people read something, you know, you get this warm feeling, you don't get weirded out like you do with ads, you, you know, your eyes don't glaze over, right. uh, you, you, you don't feel like everything's hyperbole. You, you really just get invested. Uh, I can recall many times I've read articles about Kickstarter campaigns and then gone and supported it just because I felt like, wow, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like what they're doing. And the same thing happens, you know, with with the articles that get out there. Um, in addition to that, you can take those same articles that you get and share them with your leads and your customers. Uh, customers are always shopping new new vendors, uh, but if they see that article, maybe they're more likely not to shop this year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always people who are on the fence about whether to work with you or not, and you're gonna lose some of those, but maybe they'll read that article and get that same feeling and want to do business with you. So it really can be a, a powerful tool. I've, I've had an offline business uh, that was a local carpet company in New Jersey that got uh, about 30 clippings, um, earned media pieces. Most of them were in trade publications, which their customers never read. They're mm-hmm. floor, you know, floor covering weekly and things like that. But what they did that was real smart was they put them together and every time they went out to give someone a quote in their home, they would show them that book and thumb through it and say, look, we've been picked out you know, nationwide by Floor uh, Cover Weekly, this publication, that publication. They were also uh, featured in the local newspaper and New Jersey magazine. And they started converting 17% more of those sales calls just by adding that brag book to their conversation with homeowners. So it really goes a long way to show you that, you know, people are looking for 
sort of a signal that mm-hmm. you're the right person. And earned media specifically is a great way to do that. And you mentioned a minute ago that you you sort of do some analysis on what, what works and what doesn't work. So can you share a, a success story of an example, hopefully in the health and wellness industry, um, of how people have done done the right way and, and gained visibility and credibility in the industry? Absolutely. So uh, when you are uh, taking a press release and sending it out, uh, we, we have people who do press releases that are about launches and going online and, you know, what that, you know, they're, they're setting up shop, which seems a natural uh, moment to share a press release. But what they forget is the story. Um, if you ever watch Shark Tank, you'll see that most people uh, will open with what was the impetus for starting the business or mm-hmm. developing the product. And so, you want to make sure you get that in there because journalists are storytellers. Mm-hmm. And I've had a few um, health and wellness clients who share their struggles. One of them was weight. Uh, another one was health issues that they had. And they put that into the press release. And, you know, a lot of people might say that doesn't seem professional. It's 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 personal and personal works. I mean, it humanizes the company and the brand. And it is a human interest element. And journalists being storytellers like to be able to incorporate stories into the articles that they're writing. So anything that you do can be enhanced by adding story elements. One of the popular releases that we get at e-releases is a product launch release. And it could also be a new service release. But often it's just, here's our new service. Here's a bullet list of all the features. And here's a buy button. And you could really enhance it by having a use case study. Uh, This was the experience of someone who had a problem. Um, This was their experience of using it. This was what they achieved. Here's a quote by them talking about how great it was. All of a sudden, you have the ingredients to really build out a story arc. and, And that really enhances your likelihood of getting picked up. Yeah, I love that. And we we lean into story heavily at Salt Marketing. That's that's something that we really believe in. But I wouldn't have thought to incorporate that into a press release. You know, like at the beginning of the podcast, I always ask, um, you know, what's your story? What was your, what's your journey? Because that's a really engaging way to begin that story arc, like you said. Um, so that's fascinating. So but press releases have been around for a really long time. So in today's digital age, when is it appropriate or even, you know, you've made it so easy. When is it appropriate or even crucial to to issue a press release? You mentioned product releases. Are there other times when the timing is right? Yeah, I think that anytime you have a major milestone in your business, you should analyze it and see, is this something that potentially could be a, a newsworthy story? Look at it through the lens of a journalist. You know, they are protecting their biggest asset, which is their audience. Mm-hmm. And they're determining what is worth sharing with them. And so if you're thinking about it and reading it, does it pass that test? And if not, are there things that you can add to it to enhance it that makes it more likely? Uh, One of the easy things is to add data numbers to your press release. So you can take publicly available data that's already out there and just say, hey, you know, 67 percent of people in this industry are facing this issue. Mm -hmm. In fact, you know, 14 percent of all annual failures in the industry are because of of this. And then introduce the product or introduce uh, the solution that you have. You can also actually create the data. One of the things that works for my hopeless clients who just say nothing works for me <laughs> is to do a survey or study within your industry. It's literally like 15 minutes lashing the questions into Survey Monkey. Mm-hmm. I like four questions per page, four pages. So 16 questions overall. You can put the zany or left field questions towards the very end. So if they don't complete that last page, you've still got 75% of their responses. 
the next pushback I get from clients is, well, I don't know who to send it to. Well, you know, there's lots of independent and small trade associations in every industry. I would target them. The large trade associations don't really partner this way. But if you approach a small or independent one and say, hey, I'd love uh, for you to send this link out to your members. In exchange for that, I'll mention you in a press release I'll be issuing over PR Newswire. And often, you know, they see this as a win-win. I've had a couple of them come back and say, could we co-brand the survey, both of us? And Mm. I don't see a downside to that. I think it's just them being really smart and recognizing this is a huge opportunity for both of you. And you take the results from your questionnaire and you figure out what were the biggest aha moments? What was the, the things in here that people are going to want to know the answer to and incorporate them into the press release? Often it's just two or three of the questions that you ask, uh, though potentially it could be more. I recommend building out a page on, the, on your website that has all the responses and questions and uh, make it a resource and then include that in the press release and have amazing quotes by you explaining why the numbers skewed the way that they did. And I think that uh, putting together something like that on average gets lots of uh, industry attention. We see anywhere from four to 14 articles every time someone follows this, this, this path. And those are earned media articles, not like the press release syndicated on different websites, which happens with every time you issue over a wire. Mm -hmm. But, you know, actual journalists looking at it and then writing an article around it. And that's really, you know, a great way to sort of stand out. I think the resource page works really well because sometimes these articles aren't even about what you focused on in the press release. You chose two or three of those questions to focus on in the press release, but maybe they went to that survey page and found other questions that they thought was more interesting for them and their audience and wrote an article as a result of that. All right, Mickey, that is brilliant advice. I love all of those tips. We have to take a quick sponsorship break right now, but when we return, I want to talk about the specifics of how we can create a great press release. Stay with us. The Worth Your Salt podcast is grateful to our partners and sponsors, including Annie Schiffman's Simple Social Media. If you've ever struggled to keep up on social media, You know it can be a relentless, overwhelming time suck. But if you don't use social media, you're missing out on one of the best ways to increase exposure to your brand and develop loyal fans. Author Annie Schiffman's new book, Simple Social Media, explains why now is the best time to do less on social media. She's created an evergreen strategy built for professionals that you can implement to take the pressure off. Annie's pager method for simplifying social media was called Genius on the Marketing Made Simple podcast. Just think about how great it would be to spend less time on social media and more time building your business. Simple social media will show you how your marketing team can be consistent and authentic on social media in a fraction of the time. Get the book now at simplesocialmediabook.com and get social presence without the pressure that's simple socialmediabook.com. I'm back here on the Worth Your Salt podcast with Mickey Kennedy, founder of e-releases. And so Mickey, some people might wonder why they need a press release when they can freely publish content on their own social media platforms. Can you explain the unique benefits that a press release offers? A press release is written for the media. You can certainly put them on your website. And I do recommend anybody that is doing PR to do that because it's content on your website. It's great. Uh, But journalists aren't going to see it on your website because they're not out hunting Google search for the next uh, Mm -hmm. hot story, they're looking on wires. And in the US, there's three major wires of press releases. Uh, It's PR Newswire, Business Wire, and Globe Newswire, the smaller one. 
And uh, it's pretty much those places where journalists log in and look because the, the wires make it so easy for them. They can create a uh, look at the industry feed, but they can also customize that feed to exclude certain types of releases based on keywords and also make sure that they are clipping uh, releases that have certain keywords that they follow within the industry. So it makes it a very customized uh, search for them and they browse by headlines and then click through to read more about the press releases that interest them most. So it's really a great place to stand out. The other methods that people reach journalists is through directly through email, which is how I got started. But the one thing that's changed over the last 25 years is journalists are just inundated with so many press releases and email in general. And it's not necessarily the best place to reach them. And then the third way is by phone. And a lot of journalists don't like being called mm -hmm. and and harangued, but yet there are people that do it. Specifically, PR firms, you know, use phone calling when appropriate and uh, they have a relationship with a journalist and they also do email pitching as well. But the press release is sort of like the, the most democratized version of getting out there over a wire and just making yourself available. Um, the big thing is that there's a lot of journalists on the wire. And as a result of that, you stand the likelihood that you can get a leverage opportunity where instead of you know hitting send and getting a couple of people to pick you up, sometimes it can be over a dozen. Uh, we've, we've had a client that during the pandemic, it was called the Dining Bond Initiative, set up for a very short period of time to help restaurants that were closed during the pandemic. And we quit counting at 150 articles. Wow. You know, all the major papers picked it up, yeah. as well as many, many dailies just across the nation. It was really positive news at a time where there was uncertainty and even a negative slant to everything. We were home for a couple of weeks to mm -hmm. flatten the curve, which turned into quite a bit longer. I think that people really felt empowered that here they could, you know, give 20 bucks to their local pizza restaurant that was closed during the pandemic to help them pay their staff and keep keep the electricity running. Mm -hmm. And it generated over $10 million in revenue. Wow. Uh, again, just a $350 press release. So that is like mm -hmm. a wild example of the leverage opportunity. But if you have a message that really resonates, it can go really far. And sometimes you just don't know who's going to be receptive to a press release. So it's it's really just one of those things that is 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 magical when it happens. And I had a, a person that was being extradited out of the U.S. back to Russia after they had testified against corruption in Russia. And they said literally they had a flight and a seat number that week. And they sent out the release and immediately the Wall Street Journal uh, wrote an article and put it on their website, which is rare mm. for them to do it the same day. They usually do it for next day. But because this was a pressing matter, they they put it on their website and that person was contacted by their um, Congress person and th they made things happen. And that person was not extradited. So, you know, that's one of the things. I mean, this person swears that I saved his life because he said <laughs> he had talked some stuff about people in Russia that once he, he landed there, he was going to be in a world of trouble. Uh, represented a company called Alerca, which was the first allergen resistant cat that was genetically engineered. It got picked up Every major publication you could think of, uh, Discover Magazine, Time, Newsweek, the cover of, mm. of all of those. And it wasn't necessarily positive news. It's like, you know, are we playing God? Should we be doing this? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but they, they, they sold millions of dollars yeah. in uh, deposits on this animal. And 
you know, it, it just, it's just, a, it's just one of the, the powerful things that could happen for just a few hundred dollars. You could really, you know, make a big splash. But what happens more often is that you, you make little splashes. And mm-hmm. if you do a PR campaign and do several different releases, you're going to have misses where the release doesn't do anything, but you're going to learn from that and you're going to try different angles and hooks. And then when you find one that works, you're going to tweak it and see if you can, you know, uh, strike lightning again, which uh, surprisingly happens a lot. I have one client who did the survey or study uh, in their industry, and they represent, you know, lots of different verticals. Um, they have their website has lots of sections that that are dedicated to all these little segments, uh, mostly like software related and services. And so they do a survey for each of those segments. They do about thirty to forty surveys a year and they do a press release for each of them and on average they're getting between eight and 14 articles for every press release they issue and all of those links are pointing back to their website sending people to their listings and you know generating much bunch of revenue a bunch of uh improved seo as a result of all these inbound links and uh, a, a big reputation in the industry and you know that's that's also one of the things that can just happen just replicate what's working tweak it and see if you can continue to do it and with crazy good results like that you know it, it might become addictive you, you know you try and <laughs> throw it out there in the market and see is there anything that you would say that's really not newsworthy have you ever had a client come to you and say i want to issue a press release on this because i'm i'm launching a new website and you're like nope <laughs> right, yes. what sorts of things do you what sorts of things would you recommend not doing a press release for a personnel change unless you have a new ceo or president and it's really central uh, or you've you know tapped an industry veteran that's really wide respected in, in your industry and well-known. Most of the releases that we get that are personnel changes don't do anything meaningful, if at all. Mm. Despite that, I used to tell clients and warn them, I don't think anything's going to happen, save your money. And they would always go through and say, no, go ahead and issue it. We're <laughs> just trying to make the new hire feel good. And the new hire gets the syndicated links. They see them in Google search and Google news. They're on Yahoo. You know, they, they feel good. And so that happens. But I do think that it's not a very strategic type of release. So I, I wouldn't recommend that. I also think that issuing a release just for the sake of a release, like maybe you've set yourself the goal of doing a release every two months or mm. at least quarterly, and you just sort of phoned it in and didn't really put a lot of effort into that release it's probably better just to skip that month rather than issue something that just is, it's not newsworthy or really isn't really leaning into positioning itself in a way that is uh, likely to get picked up. That's good advice. What advice do you have for um, folks who are unsure about the content and the format of an effective press release? You know, you can always send it to our staff if you're working on a release or you want another set of eyes. There's lots of press release samples on our website, examples online uh, that you can find. They're pretty easy to write. You know, it's just something that's written in third person for the media. You have a quote in it that is the one opportunity you can be in uh, first person. I do recommend that people spend a lot of energy and time on their headlines and their quotes because those are the two biggest factors on whether you get picked up. The headline, because obviously journalists are skimming a lot of headlines and that's determining whether they click through and read your entire press release. And secondly, the quote, because a journalist can build an entire article around an amazing quote. So if, if they're looking at two mediocre stories and trying to flip a coin, but one has an amazing quote, they'll go with that. 
And what makes an amazing quote is, you know, it, it's hard to articulate. It's, it's like what, what's a well-written novel, but it's something that's said that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be the way it was, uh, you, you, how concise you were. It could be the power and strength with what you said. It could be how flowery you are, how well-written it was, you know, mm-hmm. how it flows. But basically you want it to be something that if the journalist was to paraphrase it, and turn it into a non-quote, there would be a loss of something, you know, Mm. it would, it would be like, uh, to the detriment of, of the article to Mm -hmm. paraphrase it. And so, uh, having a quote ensures that you're going to be in the press release, uh, or the article because they've got to attribute the quote to someone and it's going to be you and your company. And so that's a great way that sometimes a, a managing editor, uh, can put the red, uh, um, pen to uh, a press release and cut a lot. But if it's a great quote, they're not going to cut the quote. And that main, you know, is a great way to maintain that you're going to remain in that article. Yeah, I love that idea that the the litmus test is if this was paraphrased, we would lose something. That's that's a really good way of looking at it. So and you mentioned a minute ago about SEO um, and having that that landing page on, on your website and things like that, you know, with the increasing importance of having that online presence, what kind of what role does SEO play in press releases? How can we leverage that effectively? Anytime that you get uh, a news source talking about you, that's going to help your SEO. It doesn't even have to have a link to your website. Google has patented and it's long known that if you get mentioned in, say, the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, your SEO improves. And Google Google's patent explains that we can contextually tell from the article who it's about, uh, the company. And therefore, they give an implied link to that company boosting their SEO, how they appear in, in, in search engine results. And it, it really does help you. You know, these are newsworthy sites because a lot of people go to them. A lot of people link to articles and to the news sites. So they have extreme authority. And as a result of talking about you, they're transferring some of that authority to you and improving your ranking and how you appear. That makes sense. All right, it's time for another quick break. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Worth Your Salt podcast, and today I'm talking with Mickey Kennedy, president and founder of eReleases, an easy-to-use online platform for increasing your visibility and credibility in the market. We'd love to hear your thoughts, so be sure to join us over on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook, and let us know how you plan to earn media coverage. So, Mickey, how, how can we stay up to date with the evolving landscape of press releases and distribution? How does, how does e-releases adapt to industry changes you've seen over the last 25 years? Right. So basically, we are you know changing as the newswire is changing, as everything's changing. Where people get media from has evolved. It's no longer all of you know newspapers. It includes social media, it includes influencers. There are people in the fashion industry who have journalists access at the wire who are just Instagram influencers. And yet they're looking at releases and posting uh, high quality photos from new releases of fashion and things along those lines. The press release is changing. You can embed not just photos, but a YouTube video. And I think that video is a natural progression and movement that I think we're going to see over the next 10 years for press releases so that they're going to be a little less uh, print intensive and more towards uh, video and providing uh, some type of video to go along with the, the written copy. So I would say that metrics are pretty crucial in evaluating the success of, of any marketing effort. So what metrics should we be looking at after issuing a press release? How can we interpret results of what we're seeing? I think that looking at your ROI, the number of new customers uh, bump up when you got two or three articles, 
you know, are there actual conversions you can, can, you know, actively attribute to pages that came in? And also just having a conversation uh, when people join, how did you hear about us? And sometimes people can indicate a certain place uh, that they, they read about you or, or, or heard about you. I think that all of those things help. But, you know, it, it also it, it, it's, a, it's an area that doesn't go along with marketing the way we'd like. So you can't embed mm. trackable URLs into a press release. They're not going to be respected. Journalists are going to mm -hmm. the default to the actual brand name dot com in most cases without any trailing URLs or anything along those lines. Maybe they'll link to a specific page if it has more information. It's very unlikely that they're going to include a landing page or a tracking URL for you. So it does make it mm. difficult. There are also, uh, like I said, you know, the major news outlets often don't link to you at all. So in the cases of like the Wall Street Journals and New York Times, you're you're going to go based on that implied link and that boost that you get your SEO. So, you know, my clients have a lot of different metrics that they determine what's working and not. For some, it's completely just looking at the numbers of new clients coming in and did it improve at the same time that you were getting media coverage. Others use the metric of, are we just kicking butt and moving forward? And it's it's just working and we're adding logos and screenshots of web pages that we've gotten to our arsenal or our newsroom um, and also sharing it through social media and email to our customers and leads. So it, it really it really is all over the place. Mm -hmm. it, I do recognize from a marketing standpoint, it's hard to measure the, the ROI. Mm -hmm. And uh, but, you know, that being said, if you look at startups specifically, one of the things that almost all startups do is uh, focus on PR. And they, mm -hmm. as they grow, they get lots of media coverage and they continue to get media coverage. And I think that's because they recognize that it's part of that crucial part of growing a business and that it, it is you know going one in one with that growth. And I think that that's a, an important outlook to keep in mind. And I think that it's you know one of the reasons that I think startups do so well with PR. They usually have a honed down and elevator pitch very succinctly of mm -hmm. what they do and what they're about and how they're different than everybody else and conveying that uniqueness of uh, some people might call it a unique selling proposition, you know, conveying that in a press release really gives you a really good hook and also a way mm -hmm. of defining yourself against everyone else. So obviously our listeners are in the health and wellness niche. Are there specific tips or strategies that we might need for maximizing the impact of a press release in that industry? I think that health and wellness is aided by testimonials or case studies, you know, experiences that people have had. I think that that really cuts through because in the same way that people discount what you say in an ad, they don't discount what someone says in their experience. And so I think bringing those experiences into a release, uh, you know, can can really help and, and sort of uh, distinguish you from everyone else. So what's on the horizon for e-releases? Are there any exciting developments or new features we can look forward to in the future? We are still uh, continuing to work with The Wire and trying to push them along into certain things that we'd like to see. You know, one of them is embedding videos of any kind rather than just YouTube. Uh, I think that uh, another thing that's probably evolving is AI. Mm -hmm. I've played with AI to draft press releases. And I have to say, I've been really pleased with how 
well written it is. Now, that being said, I've never gotten a good press release by just asking AI to write one right. uh, or to come up with the idea. But if you come up with the idea of what you know you want the press release to be about, and then you coach it from uh, write me a headline, let's write an opening paragraph on this subject. Now let's write the next paragraph and incorporate this. And now it's, you know, if you play with it and coach it paragraph by paragraph and you're not a great writer or you feel like you, you just don't have what it takes, I think AI can be a really good crutch uh, for building that out. Unlike using AI for blog posts or pages on your website, which I don't personally recommend because I believe that Google can detect AI and eventually may penalize it being on your website. I, I think that uh, when it comes to a press release, you're ultimately writing for a journalist and they're going to turn it into a new article completely. So I don't have those concerns when it comes to using AI for press releases. So if, if, it, if that's what it takes to help you, you know, get a press release written, I say go for it. But I also believe that most people are capable of writing a fine press release. Uh, having a really great, amazing, well-written press release is not as important as capturing a really strategic, newsworthy idea. And, you know, things to keep in mind is uh, people love a contrarian viewpoint because so many people go with the flow and sort of mm -hmm. parrot back what's going on in the industry that's safe. And if you're the one person raising your hand saying, not so fast, this is bad, and uh, you're you're that contrarian viewpoint, you stand the likelihood of being plugged into every article because journalists like to be fair and balanced. And now they have someone who can present the negative side of things. So that's another great way to stand out. And also there's other opportunities like towards the end of the year, sending out a release that has predictions for the coming year is another great way to sort of put things in perspective and talk about trends mm -hmm. uh, as well, like top 10 trends in your health and wellness practice over the next year. Mm -hmm. All of those types of things could do really well. And don't discount local media. Local media is really powerful and there it goes beyond your newspaper and business magazines. It includes like uh, TV and radio segments that spotlight certain businesses from time to time, as well as like free papers, like out in certain suburbs that have weekly papers. Don't discount that. It's a great way to get yourself out there in front of, uh, you know, local customers and maybe even develop sort of like a health and wellness column. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. And I love what you said about you don't necessarily have to have it perfectly crafted to be the best written. You have to have something to say. I love that advice. Um, so let's just say I'm ready to get started crafting my first official press release. Um, if I want to learn more or get going, where can I go? Our website's ereleases.com. We only employ editors, so there's no salespeople and no quotas or commissions. Uh, feel free to reach out to us in chat or over the phone or email, uh, whichever you prefer. I do have a free masterclass that goes through the top strategic types of releases you should consider doing, the ones that do get media pickup. And it's completely free. It's about an hour long video. It's a great place for people to start. If they're considering PR, or just, you know, wondering what a PR campaign might look like for them. And it's at ereleases.com slash plan, P-L-A-N. And I, I recommend anybody to start there because it's, it's really accessible. And I think that you'll probably walk away with like eight to 10 ideas that you could turn into press releases. Fantastic. All right. And of course, a link to e-releases to Mickey's LinkedIn profile and the other resources he just talked about will be over on our website at saltmarketing.co. But right now, Mickey, it is time for our lightning round questions. These are a few quick questions that I like to ask of every guest. Are you ready? Yes. All right. First question is, what's the best book you've read recently? The 80-20, I think, of Sales and Marketing by Perry Marshall. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I love Perry Marshall. He was he was my that was where I got my start in marketing. Was Perry, went to Perry Marshall's house and got the whole the whole eighty twenty speech. Wow. All right, next question. What's your favorite thing about the work that you do? I think helping small businesses and entrepreneurs and watching you know the the, the big surprises that come through and the the amazing results and seeing them do it again and again. Mm-hmm. All right, next question. What is your best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Measure everything. And it's from Perry Marshall. (laughs) Right. All right, last question. Who or what inspires you? For me, I think that language inspires me. Uh, I'm still a poet, still writing. I think that uh, the power of words is is paramount. I do A-B split testing on landing pages and you'd be amazed what a new headline would do for the conversion rates and just sitting back and watching it. it, I'm amazed at it. And I think that as long as we're communicating through words, uh, it, it's a powerful medium and, and it excites me. And I love the the fact that you've sort of married the idea of AI and that, that boosting that, you know, we can change the headline and get completely different results. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of Worth Your Salt, Mickey. Oh, you're very welcome. I also want to thank our listeners and let you know that if you're ready for your Worth Your Salt debut, tell us about your expertise by emailing us at grow at saltmarketing.co. Be sure to subscribe at saltmarketing.co slash worth your salt so you never miss an episode. And finally, leave us a review or give the show a handful of stars wherever you get your content. That's all for this episode of Worth Your Salt. I hope you'll join us for our next episode. In the meantime, let's get out there and shake things up. Mm